Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. Mike is off duty on assignment. It is Tuesday, March 29th, 9th, 9th. In this episode, CONCACAF delivers us Canada, UEFA has small countries with big fan bases, and we set the stage for the final stretch of the Premier League. But first, we have to have takes. It's a slap. It was Oscars. Here's what you I think about that crazy thing that happened. Wow. Oh, wow. So if you don't know, you must be dead. But basically, Chris Rock got slapped in the face by a cucked um, uh, Will Smith. Here's how I think about it. I don't care. We don't have to go through the whole thing about it. But what I think about it is the final sort of thought about... Um, about how comedians are treated within Hollywood. I bet you Chris Rock is sitting there going, yeah, I'm a fucking comedian. Comedians are the lowest of the low. We're the, we're the shit on the stew, on the shoe of, um, of Hollywood. It's the, it's the smallest thing you can do. It's just like, what would people expect? The comedian gets treated terribly. The comedian is the problem. The comedian is the person who's who's at the lowest end of the table. You just assume that they get treated badly because that's their place. They are the nerds in the corner. They are the ones who should never be in the room. They shouldn't they shouldn't be in the room with George Clooney. They shouldn't be in the room with Denzel. They're never superstars. Even if we think back to Eddie Murphy, was he the biggest star? He tried to be the biggest star. He tried to be the coolest guy in the room, but he still was kind of a spaz and a weirdo. And he still hasn't gotten his Oscar, even though he probably should have for Dreamgirls. So I just think that Chris Rock will literally be back in the comedy cellar underground where comedians belong at the bottom of the group never being accepted never being cool and always being weird so this sort of just lives in the face of, of tradition and i think that's how chris rock will take it because i've heard him interviewed and he was a nerd he was a skinny kid with jerry curls he was everybody hates chris you know it, it's not far from the truth so chris will be like well ain't i i never been slapped or beat up before so it's probably just another day for him and he'll he'll hang in there. What I don't what I think about Will Smith is just like grow up, dude. You're a grown ass man. What the fuck are you doing? Who the fuck does that? Who gets into fights? The guy's in his mid 50s or early 50s. What are you doing? You got to grow up, my guy. What the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, that's the take. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm going with. So we go to scores, 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 scores. Uh, we had a couple of rounds of games that went on this week. Uh, we talked about uh, Mexico-US right after the pod on Thursday. Costa Rica did beat Canada. But on Sunday, 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 Canada qualified. Irie! Canada beat Jamaica 4-0. Wow. El Salvador lose to Costa Rica. Costa Rica were coming on strong. USA get a giant performance from Kristen Pulisic, who has a hat trick. 5-1 against Panama in Orlando. We may have another home stadium. And Mexico licked their wounds, beating Honduras 1-0 after the 0-0 versus the U.S. That's still not 
good enough. The U.S. effectively qualify. They essentially have to lose by more than five goals or six goals to Costa Rica. It's not really a possibility. Canada have the group and El Salvador and Mexico stand where they are. So that went to chalk. You can expect CONCACAF order restored. Uh, Canada take their rightful place at the top of the group. It's an interesting story what's gone on with Canada. John Herdman, we've talked about it a few times. Really putting together a full program with a company with a country that has full buy-in. He got the players to play with each other. And what Canada have is that right spirit that we'll talk about in a minute with Wales and Scotland, where they're not superstars, but they have superstars. So the team as a group is not great but they know who's going to play. And they have Davies, Jonathan David, uh, and and Kyle Laren up front. And that's enough for them to really pose lots and lots of problems. Everywhere else, they're working hard. They play through these couple of superstars they have. And it really makes a difference, especially with team spirit and not that much practice time. So they have a way to play. They have an identity. Canada is great. We love O Canada. Good on them. They make their world first World Cup since 1986 before they host, which is incredible. The U.S. have the Mexico result we know is good. Uh, We go through the U.S. game, and it was a good result. I mean, obviously, the United States scoring six goals is always going to be good. Five goals, excuse me. It was an easy sort of run-in. They got what they needed to do. They did everything they needed to do. Uh, Christian Pulisic with the hat trick. It means a lot to him. I think if there was any player that took the most pain from the missing of the World Cup in in the the tragedy of Trinidad Tobago, it was Pulisic who was so young at the time and he, it really broke him up. And I think this time he was just like, not today, not ever. Uh, and this was a, a reduced team, not as many of your known players, but Tyler Adams makes a huge difference. Musa's a nice player. Uh, Goals for goals for Pulisic, a hat trick. Ariola, very nice. Ferreira, and then Pulisic with a penalty. Um, you know they'll be disappointed they didn't keep the clean clean sheet, but Annabel Godoy gets that. They were trying to kick lumps out of the U.S. Totally normal, totally something that happens. But the U.S. move on. They basically are qualified. So our national embarrassment will not continue ever at all. Uh, we are in the World Cup. Before um, we are in the World Cup, before uh, Italy are, which is fucking incredible. Uh, if you think about it, that Italy are out of the World Cup and the U.S. are in, effectively. Uh, you know, Mexico, they'll make it, they'll be fine, and then they can lose in the quarterfinals because that's just what they'll do. Uh, without Mexico not being in the quarterfinals, who are they? What would they be? So uh, we just expect them to to be in there and hopefully, you know, we see them soon and, you know, hopefully I'd love to, I'd love to, um, I'd love for the U S to somehow get to play Mexico in the world cup. Uh, so that should be pretty amazing. One thing to remember though, is, is that, um, to, you can join at any time. Uh, I am live this time. We are live. We are not chintzing. We are not spending 10 minutes till later. This is live now today uh, in the evening. If you want to join, you can. 
please use the link. You can join in. I'll talk to you. So just click on the StreamYard link and log in. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. I'd love for you to be here. Join in the link. You can copy and paste it. Uh, I will be here. I will let you in. So where are we in Europe? For UEFA, we have a couple of playoffs that have been resolved. Wales beat Austria on a magical uh, Gareth Bale play. He's one of the weirdest players in Europe. Gareth Bale, for those who are uninitiated, is a Welsh player, made his name at Southampton, then went to Tottenham under Harry Redknapp and became one of the best players in the world, willed essentially Tottenham to a top four finish. He gets sold to Real Madrid for the uh, for the outrageous sum of something like 150 million pound, dollars, pounds, whatever, uh, and Spurs famously buy the, the Bale 7. Of, of which there's none left. And he goes to Real Madrid. His first two or three seasons are re really good. He re-signs his contract as Ronaldo's leaving. And he proceeds to sort of just have this weird relationship with the Spanish media. He never learned Spanish. He doesn't embrace the culture. They don't embrace him. There's a detente, basically, where Bale is just there, only plays well when he plays for Wales, and is an afterthought for Spain. I think there's a lot of blame on both sides, but he's the one player who plays better for his country or wants to play better for his country than his club. They're paying his checks. He doesn't want to leave because he wants all his money, but um, he doesn't quite care about Real Madrid. He famously scored a goal last year and raised the flag of Wales, Golf, Madrid, in that order, which uh, was a slap at the Madristas. Listen, Madrid and the Spaniards are not exactly the most warm, wel welcoming group. This is the same group of people who do monkey chants and fight with people who have different Spanish accents. So they don't really like Bale. He doesn't really like them. He's sticking it in their eye to not really be interested in leaving to help them. And he just sits there and gets their money. So it's really odd. He's great for Wales. Uh, and if you watch Wales, you are seeing something that is different. Uh, when they play at the Cardiff Stadium, which is a regular uh, football stadium for Cardiff City, the stadium is loud. They sing the Welsh national anthem. The whole team sings together, and it's incredible. They beat Austria, who were ugh, not very good. Uh, Portugal beat Turkey, like we talked about. We know about Macedonia and Italy. So there will be a playoff tomorrow between Portugal and North Macedonia. If Portugal loses, they're out, and North Macedonia will have eliminated Italy and Portugal. If they do that, they will be by far the greatest giant-killing team in the history of football. I don't care what anyone says. If North Macedonia knock out Portugal and Italy, they are officially incredible. Now, this is a team that has incredible results. They beat Germany. Um, they beat nobody. They beat Germany and Italy. That's enough. But they didn't lose. They beat who they were supposed to beat. They got their results. In qualifying, they were two, three, four, five, six, four, and two. So they had a bunch of draws that helped them. But I think people probably were expecting Romania or Iceland or Italy to get through in the group. But uh, Germany, you know, 
Germany did their business beating everyone, but this team of Divjevskis, Alejovskis, Elmas, Ritovskis, this team of North Macedonia, only called North Macedonia because there's a dispute with Greece that has actual Macedonia in it. So they didn't want to be Macedonia and Macedonia, so they called themselves North Macedonia. Had to be corrected. Thank you, everyone who uh, chimed in and let us know about um, the differences between North and South Macedonia. So they let us know. But if to, to give you a sense of upset, this is bigger than St. Peter's. Peter's? St. Peter's? Is that the team that was just in the NCAA? I think so. This is bigger than St. Peter's because it's once a year. And North Macedonia are doing this in a once every four year cycle. And they've had to win. They've already had to play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games just to get to the chance to be in a playoff. And if they beat Portugal away in Portugal, they will make the World Cup. They're by they've got to be the lowest ranked country uh in the world. Mas North Macedonia. I don't know any of their players. It doesn't matter. We should all be rooting for North Macedonia. On the other side is Sweden versus Poland. Pretty evenly matched. Poland having the great Robert Lewandowski, who plays for Bayern Munich, who basically scores 45 goals a year against Sweden, who has some of my favorite players in Emil Forsberg, uh, Itzak, and a bunch of other guys you'd know if I actually went through the list of the team. I'll give you some Swedish stars uh, for my Swedish friends. Itzak. Victor Lindelof, uh, Kulashevsky from Spurs plays for Sweden, and Emil Kraft, bunch of players. Lindelof, Isaac Olofsson, nice players. Nordfeld from uh, from uh, uh, Nordfeld from no, no no wrong team, more wrong team. I was thinking of the guys from Brentford, but that's um, <laughs> Brentford's players are all from Denmark. So I got the wrong uh, Norwegian country. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's going on. And then the other playoff final that has yet to be scheduled because of the, you know, the dread that happened with um, the war that's going on is we have Scotland versus Ukraine. So what will happen here is the winner of Sweden-Poland no, the winner, wait, wait, hold on. Is Wales in a playoff? I don't quite know. Hold on a second. Someone's going to play the winner of Scotland, Ukraine to figure out who goes to the World Cup. That's my understanding. Oh, no, hold on a second. Here we go. Let's see if I can figure this out. So, yes, they will play Wales. The winner of Scotland, Ukraine will play Wales. Now, it's unfortunate that both Scotland and Wales can't make it, but it seems like one of them will. Although the Ukraine, I suppose, could beat Scotland and beat Wales, I would not expect that. So between Scotland and Wales, one of them has a really good chance to make it. And why is that important? Is because the United Kingdom is one of the only countries that has more than one non-country in UEFA. They have Four slots, five slots. They have four. They have England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Those aren't 
independent countries or they're part of the United Kingdom and they have slots in UEFA. Other countries, I'm sure, would love that. But as a deal to get England into UEFA and part of the world football, they made a compromise to allow uh, them to have separate nation status. So England has this weird thing where Wales and Scotland, that are not, they're part of the United Kingdoms. They are not, I guess they're, I, I, they're not the separate countries. So that would be like if Catalonia had their own team or Galicia or, or, uh, or, 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 or uh, Bavaria was able to have its own team instead of just Germany. Uh, so they have a special status and Wales gets a shot or Scotland. Scotland is a collective team that lives through the great and powerful Kieran and Tierney and Andrew Robinson. They're, their fullbacks basically are their best players, along with John McGinn, who scores goals for them. Lyndon Dykes is their striker, a nice, tall, good championship level striker who plays for Rangers and sorry, who plays for QPR. A decent striker, not great, but good at this level, especially um, where with the crosses that come in from from the wings. Uh, they also have Che Adams from Southampton, Ryan Frazier, Scott McTominay. So the Scottish team has good players. It's the best version of Scotland we've seen for a long time. Also, Billy Gilmore, the touted uh, Chelsea Loney, who's at Norwich, has had a tough season, but plays well for Scotland. And Scotland, of course, has a cohesive unit. When they're good, they do play well. And Steve Clark uh, is a good manager, had managed West Bromwich in the past. Good, known for, you know, a fine Englishness. And the Scottish play good football, and they're enjoyable to watch and have probably the best fans in the world. So we're and then the other passion point is Ukraine in the middle of this terrible war. Does everyone want, is everyone going to be pulling for Ukraine to make the World Cup? Sure. But that means they'd have to beat Scotland, which would be a goddamn shame. So we are, we'll either have, we'll have passion no matter what between Scotland, Ukraine, and Wales. That'll be frankly amazing. And we'll see who gets that shot at the World Cup from Europe. There are other teams in CONCACAF. The African, uh, the CAF, yes, the African Confederation, uh, all, all up in the air, unsure who's going to make it. I'd have to look um, really quickly. I can see what's going on in Africa really quickly, see if we can get some, see if we can get some uh, World Cup qualifiers here for Africa. Uh, looks like Algeria is playing a playoff against Cameroon, which is a classic. Uh, we've got, let's see what the other group stages are. We have Senegal, Egypt, which is Mane versus Salah. We've got Nigeria, Ghana. That's literally a blood feud. Uh, Morocco, Democratic Congo, Algeria, Cameroon, and Tunisia, Mali. These games, no team has more than a one-goal lead. It's a two-legged playoff. Uh, this is just some hardcore uh, war of attrition between these teams. It's really unfair that Africa only have so few slots to go through. It's a goddamn shame. But between these five teams, between these 10 teams, five will go through. Um, it's a, it's a shame Senegal and Egypt can't make it. Senegal are African champions. Nigeria, Ghana is always a war. Ghana has has lost some of its luster. Nigeria should go through, but they've been playing terribly. Morocco versus Democratic Congo. Morocco, I would assume, has mostly French-born players who make up these teams. France actually delivers the most players to the most to the World Cup usually because of its multicultural nature and its institutional 
institutional football academies and learning. Uh, they have a great system that makes players. Algeria is definitely mostly French players. Not all, not all. And it'd be a shame, no Cameroon or Algeria, not both. Tunisia or Mali. Uh, These two are probably both smaller countries. Tunisia played well in the African Cup of Nations. We'll see. They have a one-goal lead. Again, also very connected to France. All the North African countries, especially, and all the French-connected countries really have the upper hand in these groups because their players have they they deliver so many players to France as emigres, and then the institutions that fund youth soccer in France are really good and that do a great job of finding, identifying talent and nurturing it. Really great on France's part. Really interesting. I love that they do it. So enjoy that. Wow. So we're here. We're now twenty minutes in. Uh, the international break is always a really tough time. I did not watch a tremendous amount of games. Uh, England played some friendlies. That was interesting. And another anecdote was Christian Eriksen, who, if you remember and have been with us for a long time, during the Euros, he had a heart attack on the field. He's a former Spurs player, and that really affected Mike. But he did come back on the field in a friendly against the Netherlands, score a goal. It was a very Christian Eriksen goal on a cutback into the box. Slams at home. Great for him. Great for Denmark. A feel-good story. The Dutch are looking good. Denmark's also really good. There's a lot of good teams. I think the level of play in international football is so much higher than it's ever been. Water's incredible. God damn it. I didn't need bottled water. I would take any kind of water. So we're looking forward to that. Um, We do have a couple more games to go. The United States, like I said, plays Costa Rica, but they're effectively in. We don't necessarily have to worry about them making the World Cup. They will make the World Cup. Uh, If you need a little bit of a refresher on who is in right now, let's get a little sense of that. Let's get a sense of who's in so far. We have Qatar, who are hosting it in the biggest brown bag freaking corruption thing that's ever happened. Uh, Qatar, 10 years ago, basically bought off the World Cup, which was nice for them. We have Germany, Denmark, Brazil, France, Belgium, Croatia, uh, Spain, Serbia, on the back of Mitrovic, England, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Argentina, Iran from the AFC, very cool, uh, from Asia, South Korea, Japan, Saudi Arabia, who also make it. And then from Conmebol, we have Ecuador, Uruguay, and Canada. Based on their, uh, let's see, no, anyone who's new out of this group, the most recent, uh, the, the best, the, the Cinderella story so far is Canada. This will be their first appearance in 86. The Netherlands, who missed out in 20, return. They are back. They are three-time runner-ups. Ecuador are back after 20, since 2014. They've made it. And then everyone else was in the last World Cup. So we don't really have too many new friends yet. In the, last, in the next few days, we will get a bit more uh, information on who is going to make it. Costa Rica will have to play a playoff. The United States are effectively in. 
Peru will have to play a playoff. We won't see Colombia. Colombia is out. That's a big one because they bring their fans. Sorry, uh, Claudia, your team's not going to make it. Um, we have the OFC. Oceana is still working their way through. Solomon Islands playing New Zealand. We'll see how New Zealand get on. Uh, they'll probably just have to play someone to see how they get in. We know about the playoffs here with Wales still playing. Wales will play. I will confirm that. Wales will play the winner of Scotland-Ukraine for a chance to go in. But Wales is at home at Cardiff. That's massive. Poland is at home against Sweden. And then Portugal is at home against Macedonia. Then we have um, a couple of playoff spots. So there will be a few little spots to figure out and get everyone in. So that's who we've got so far. A lot of the spots are filled. A lot of your normal friends, a lot of your new friends. And then we're going to figure out the final grouping of who gets in and who's out. That is how things are looking right now for the World Cup and the group stages. Now, let us go to our Premier League table. When last we left... Actually, let's start with the Champions League. When last we left the Champions League, we were in the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams remaining. On one bracket are Benfica plays Liverpool, Villarreal plays Bayern Munich. Benfica and Villarreal are both much lower quality teams, good teams within their leagues, but you would expect there to be a Bayern Munich-Liverpool advance. Then the, the other bracket is much tougher, where you have Manchester City playing Atletico Madrid. Atletico not having a great season, but they are defending La Liga champions, and they do have really good players. And then Chelsea versus Real Madrid. So we have the English versus the Spanish on one side. The English still have three teams. Spain also has three teams, but they will likely lose Villarreal to Bayern Munich, and we'll see who gets through. I would not expect City and Chelsea to make it through. It'd be very easy to see City lose to Atletico. This is a scary, scary group here, and we're going to see what happens. But these games are coming thick and fast. So the weekend will come by, and then Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and the following Thursday will be the quarterfinal matches. On Tuesday will be Benfica versus Liverpool. Manchester City at home versus Atletico. Please, God, City must win these games. I cannot take it if we get shithoused and lose. It will be a fucking catastrophe. Then Chelsea Wednesday play Real Madrid. Villarreal play Bayern Munich. No one's really been playing that much attention to Bayern Munich because their league is so wrapped up with them being great. But they just keep running along and destroying people. Uh, and they don't really have much challenge until these later stages of the, of the Champions League. And even in this case, they just play Villarreal, who are sitting seventh in La Liga. Um, but they do have a winning coach in our friend. Um, in our friend. Oh, I'm trying to find something. In our friend. Who's our friend? Oh boy. I believe it's uh it's um their coach is oh my god. 
I can't remember. My, <laughs> my brain is melting. I'm getting old and I can't remember who their coach is off the top of my head. I'll just search it real quick. Uh, it'll come to me. Unai Emery. Unai Emery is their coach, former Arsenal coach. <laughs> uh, plays, does Villarreal. He is the three or four time champion of the Europa League, the junior league between us. So we have that brewing. And then in the Premier League, we are sitting with Manchester City on top by one point. Un point. Un point. Liverpool right behind them. Chelsea in third. Arsenal hanging on to fourth with a game in hand and a three-point lead over Spurs on 51 with Man United staying four points behind Arsenal and West Ham sitting on 48. Rounding out the top 10 is the other group, Wolves, Villa, Leicester. The Midlands well represented in the middle of the section, though the Midlands is the middle part of the England between the North, which is Manchester and Liverpool, and the South, which is London. And then Southampton representing the coast, uh, sitting in 11th with Crystal Palace, Brighton, and Newcastle rounding out the, the next three at 14. And then the relegation, and then Brentford and Leeds, who really have gotten the two results. We've talked about the relegation battle quite a lot. And they appear safe with Everton and 17th with two games in hand over most of their opponents, four points ahead of Burnley, who are on the same amount of games, but only have 21 points. So the bottom three look like Watford, Burnley, and Norwich. I'm willing to be convinced otherwise, but I just don't see it. Burnley play Manchester City coming out of the break. So this weekend, we'll go over these with Mike just to give you a uh, wet of the beak the beak wedding. We have Wolves versus Villa in a Midland Derby. That should be a good game. But these games, these teams are really on the beach at this point. Leeds versus Southampton. Another another set of points for Leeds, and they'll be safe. Chelsea versus Brentford. This is a game where Brentford can probably punch Chelsea in the mouth. We'll see. Chelsea seem to be riding the Abramovich issues pretty well. The latest news is just bizarre that Abramovich was poisoned by the Russians doing negotiations. Insanity. We'll go touch that again. Then Brighton look to get off the schneid. They're on a six-game losing streak. They play Norwich. If they can't beat Norwich, then they shouldn't be in the league, but they do fine. And then Manchester United in a must-win game on Sunday night against Leicester City. That should be difficult. And then I believe there's probably games the following day after that. I would assume that we will pick up we will pick up on Sunday with West Ham, Everton, Newcastle. Go have a tough game versus Newcastle. Yeah, Tottenham have a tough game versus Newcastle. And then on on the fourth, Crystal Palace, Arsenal at Selhurst. That's two Monday nights in a row for Crystal Palace. They they had a great game. They drew on on Sunday night against Manchester City. They go again Sunday night. Crystal Palace living in the Monday night football. The equivalent of this would be like if. If the Jets somehow are doing two two Monday night football games, actually not the Jets, but because uh, Crystal Palace are way better than the Jets, but you know, just a young and up and coming team getting a Monday night football spot. Maybe uh, before we found out the Browns' quarterback was terrible, like having the Browns first having hope and being uh, being on Monday night football. So that's kind of fun for Crystal Palace. A couple things, couple things to touch on about some players. That are happening, some interesting things going on. There will be some stories, especially about Ronaldo, um, about where he'll play next season. There's a lot of work for players to try and get ready and be ready for this World Cup coming in nine months in the winter 
of 2022-23. So you'll see Gareth Bale and older players hanging on, trying to play. A lot of players are hanging on, going for this last World Cup. Guys like Luka Modric, who are 36. Ronaldo will be 38 by the time that happens. Lewandowski, out of contract. He'll try and find a place to play if he can't re-sign with Bayern and then see where he is there. Another piece going on is the endless and interminable Manchester United coach search. They seem to have settled in on Ten Hag, who is the coach of Ajax of Amsterdam, one of the most famous clubs in the world, but known for Jordi Cruyff in the 70s, total football, revolutionizing Dutch football, but they have a way to play, but they just don't have the money to compete. But they are up next, so Man United looking for Ten Hag. I don't think that's a good fit, but hey, what do I know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think United are a mess, and they will not get out of it until the Blazers. Blazers or the Glazers? One or the other. Glazers, Blazers. I don't know. Not sure. Um, So we'll see you then. Mike will be back on Thursday. We will do a preview of the week, set the standard. I did a little bit of a quick one, but I'm sure Mike will have a lot more insight, a lot of stuff he's been checking out. He'll have lots of stuff. He'll Maybe he'll give us an update on the Frozen Four, uh, the, the hockey uh, Final Four equivalent to have that get checked out. But I'm going to call it a day. That was the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays and are also part of the Chop Sports Network. So be sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss a show. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show because it helps a lot. We will see you 